Imagine waking up at 5 in the morning. You head out to practice for the next 5 hours or until the coach says practice is over. Then you run to class, skipping breakfast. You're in class all afternoon and maybe into the evening. At 7 p.m., you rush to the cafeteria to get dinner before it closes. After that, you do your homework to completion whatever time that is, you collapse into bed. Then you do it all over again the following day. That's the life of most student athletes. You wake up at five, four, however, whatever hour you wake up. Even some days I was skipping breakfast to sleep in a little bit more so that I wasn't tired for the workout. Wake up at six o'clock in the morning, go work out, probably work out for an hour. Wake up five in the morning. Like sometimes we would practice so much we wouldn't even make it for breakfast and our coaches would never consider it. So the day is really like a, a 5.45 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. type day where you have every hour accounted for between 5.45 and 7.30. I could have a class that doesn't start till 12, but I'm up at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> for golf, let's say uh, we wake up around 5.30, 5.45. We start practice around 6.45 and that'll go all the way until maybe 11, 11.30, and then we have a small little chunk for lunch, and then we start class around 12. And then depending on what year you are, how demanding your courses are, you maybe will finish at 6, maybe you'll finish at 10, and we do that all over again. You do it all over again every day of the semester, and eventually that lifestyle catches up to you. Welcome to the Awareness Podcast, looking at how sports can impact the mental health of student-athletes. I'm your host, Jared Castillo, and in this episode, I'll be talking about the student-athlete's mindset. Mental health has been a taboo subject because people aren't always aware of how mental health affects everyone. Athletes may seem like they have everything, but at the end of the day, they're also human. There's so much stigma around mental health that many don't talk about it for fear of being seen as crazy or unhinged. But that's changing, and being able to openly talk about mental health is an important step, especially for elite athletes. First, let's define mental health. Uh, mental health in general is our overall well-being. That's Kelly Solaire. She's a licensed clinical social worker who treats athletes who have eating disorders and those who are transitioning from sports to regular life. Solaire is a former student athlete, and she had experience with eating disorders while attending the University of California, Santa Barbara. That's what got her into working with athletes, especially in their transition after sports. We talked using Zoom, a video conferencing platform. Being able to connect with athletes as well because they go a little bit unnoticed in the population and they're just a really unique crowd of people. They're really determined, really hardworking. So it's a really just small niche to be able to connect with. The National Institute of Mental Health says that in 2017, nearly one in five adults in the United States lived with a mental illness. That's almost 47 million people. Talking about mental health is more common among the general public, but athletes are still reluctant to talk about it. But even ESPN has featured athletes talking about mental health issues. Athletes like DeMar DeRozan of the San Antonio Spurs and Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
you know, essentially was, was you know, trying to clear my throat, sticking my hand down my throat, trying to get myself Seriously. air. Yeah, so it was- You must a, have been terrified. It was terrifying. I thought I was having a heart attack. I really felt like I was gonna die in this moment. I get like, I'm getting hot thinking you know, about it. If you could share that and put that on the forefront, it may could help somebody, whether if it's one person or 100, 1,000, you know, and I just finally got to that point to where, you know, it was time for me to say something. Saying something is still one of the most difficult things for an athlete to do, especially when it comes to their mental health. That's why they try to appear superhuman. One reason why athletes aren't thought of as having mental illness is the fact that they stay in shape with a strenuous exercise routine. Exercise has been acknowledged as an effective way of improving mental wellness. It reduces the levels of stress hormones in your body, and it stimulates the production of endorphins. It gets us outside, it gets us connected to others, it gets us um, moving our body, and so we're going to kind of, in some ways, be able to process things physically. It gets us mindful. The phone app Pokemon Go is an example of how movement can improve our mental health. The app encourages users to move around outside to capture Pokemon. Canadian researchers concluded that Pokemon Go players saw increased physical activity, better social interactions, and an improved sense of well-being. For most of us who are feeling blue, going out for a run or doing yoga might pull us out of it. But for athletes, physical activity is the norm rather than the exception as they've spent their entire lives playing a particular sport. Solaire says that singular focus could cause them to struggle with their identity and develop negative mental health habits. When we've been playing something for 20-some-odd years and we've, we have this identity, that's the way we've made friends. And in some ways, it's kind of a developmental um, issue where we've gone to practice and we know what to talk to these people about. It's like an automatic connection. When we have high, high-performing athletes, say like uh, Michael Phelps, and then they stop playing their sport, there's like a really big low in some ways. You know, he discussed feeling suicidal, substance abuse, a big amount of depression. Mental health issues might not show up in athletes until they're well into their professional careers. But often, these problems begin in childhood. Sports can have a negative effect on child athletes because it puts too many demands on them while they're still developing. As kids are developing cognitive and judgment skills, they may have trouble interpreting criticism from coaches, parents, and teammates. And so imagine we hear one thing and we're just like, that's it. It's me. I'm the problem. Or that, I mean, that might not be what they're saying, but that's, that's where we're at um, developmentally. And so it's really difficult to say that to a young child. We expect them to have this clear view of maybe all the other possibilities that we meet. Then there are parents we've all heard about those pushing their kids in unhealthy ways. Yeah, I mean, how fun do you think that video was when the dad got in the car and was just like, why are you talking to your friends? You should be playing better. You should be focusing. Like, it would be heartbreaking in some ways. I don't imagine somebody being like, yeah, you're right, dad. Like, you know, with a smile on their face. That's hard. Children can base their entire self-worth on the validation they get from being good at their craft. That perfectionist mindset can cause kids to feel terrible if they don't reach a standard of perfection for their sports. If you see sports like dancing, swimming, um, ballet, synchronized swimming even, where they, you know, even track where it matters 0 0.0 of 0 0.02 of a second. You know, it's that perfectionism that they have to use to just 
really, really make their craft successful. Soler says that the perfectionism athletes demand of themselves is the same trait she sees in people with eating disorders, especially in sports where appearance is key. There's a fine line on how to positively encourage children who are playing sports. That's why it's important to understand what motivates the child to play and excel in sports. You want to push your child or you're paying for them to be out there. And so there's so many mixed messages of what parents think is okay to do and then how some kids really internalize that as not fun anymore. The internet is filled with stories of parents who lose it during games, yelling at coaches, referees, and their kids. There's, there's many more articles these days to say, be a parent, don't be a coach, you know, or don't be a referee and let the coaches do that role because of how detrimental it is for you know both the athlete but also the coach itself who he or she may be saying something completely different most parents want the best for their kids and many try to help them play sports to get everything they can and for some athletes that too can add pressure former women's college basketball player martina mccowan remembers what her family did to help her play the game she loved I was able to see sacrifices that my dad made for me to just um, play, to go to all those AAU tournaments so that when I was on the road for AAU, like I would have food and things like that. So seeing that the sacrifices that my family and everyone put in for me to just do essentially what I loved. We'll hear more from her in future episodes. And with that, I'll see you in episode two, where I'll speak with current student athletes who are balancing their sports, school, and personal life, along with former student athletes to hear their experiences. This episode of the Awareness Podcast was produced by me, Jared Castillo, at USC's Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in Episode 2.